Could we auto-tune my voice? We probably need to. I, I think I said, how do I sound today, Landini? <laughs> Don't ask him. Don't have to ask him that question. He already told me. Uh, I mean, not great. <laughs> not great. Thanks, Be- better than Friday, but not great. Uh, Friday was rough. At at this point, it's um, I think I think we're on the upslope. I just can't really hit the high notes. But that, you, Brian, you never hit the high notes. It possibly I can't ever hit the high notes. So what what did, what did the lady tell you on the airplane? You said it was at the airport bar before I flew out Friday night, and you know how at the airport bar, like everybody's kind of like stuck on top of one another. Mm-hmm. And I think she just like I ordered some food from the bartender, and I think she could just hear me. And as she was getting up to leave, she said, I don't know if you always sound like that, but I really hope your voice gets better. <laughs> <laughs> um, That's funny. That is funny. I, uh, Ted Lerner passed away. Um, there's obviously a lot going on with the Nats ownership, but Ted Lerner brought the Nats here. And maybe Major League Baseball kind of did, but they learned s- about us a, a World Series. They, they spent so enough to get a World Series, right? Indebted so, to him for that. And on a day a guy passes, I I got nothing but respect and uh, hope for the family and his loved ones that they they get some peace. Ninety seven years old. I don't know if it was him entirely or the family overall. Dude built an empire, left the world. A, multi-billionaire, mm-hmm. invented a whole city in Tyson's Corner. Basically. <laughs> like, yeah. I mean. There are a lot of buildings in this area where you got learner written on it. <laughs> sure are. Sure are. Yeah. Um, so our, our, our condolences to the Lerner family. Definitely. I feel like we haven't really checked with Landfill about how he feels from, from yesterday's game. Um, so, Landini, are you – Let's hear who you're like most mad at in order, because I'm guessing the refs are going to land on there. I'm guessing, perhaps it's Jonathan Gannon, the D coordinator for the Eagles. I, I'm guessing you have a laundry list of, of complaints. Yeah, the refs who they, I mean, they stole the game there clearly. <laughs> uh, Rich Gannon's son, the defensive coordinator, screw him. They Is that Rich Gannon's son? I have no idea. No. Okay. Um, <laughs> Hell, Rich Gannon is younger than me, and Jonathan Gannon is how? Not 12. 40. Not 20. Yeah, if he's yeah. Rich Gannon's son, hell, man, no. Uh, they just they just couldn't stop the Chiefs in the second half. I mean, it was just, uh, it was not great. They, I mean, they, they just didn't stop him ever. They didn't that, stop him much in the first half. Yeah. They just stayed on the field the whole time. That play that the, um, the Chiefs kept running. I think it was they were running that play again when that holding penalty got called where the guy would just start running uh, to the left and then stop and go right. Eagles, yeah. just, they just couldn't stop it. The guy was wide open every single time they ran it. Totally. Just picking up huge yardages, getting touchdowns. Uh, it was a disaster. Terrible night. Uh, by far the worst night, the, the worst loss in my uh, entire history as an Eagles fan. Are you prepared to come back to the Commanders. I could never do that. Uh, as you know, I'm a lifelong Eagles fan and have been for, <laughs> you know, a year and 11 days at this point. Wow. Yeah. Um, 
Are you confident that the Eagles are a long-term dynasty? Like, um, that they're they're going to get back to more Super Bowls and, and that they'll be able to figure this thing out? As long as they have Howie, I feel like, yes, they will figure it out. And I'm not saying that every... And Jalen Hur- helps. He helps, but I feel, you know, they were, they were good before they had Jalen Hurts because they had Howie. Uh, as long as they have Howie Roseman, they'll be good. Like what... Things might not be there. Might be a season or two where it's not great, but he'll figure it out. He's good, best GM in the league, dude. I mean, you can make a real argument that it's correct because I certainly don't think it's the best coach in the league. I, I have a hot take. Anybody want one? I think you're going to yell at me about this, but I, I also may just have a deep seated hatred forming for this dude. I think Sirianni cried on purpose for the cameras during the Star Spangled Banner. I don't buy that. I don't know, man. Like here we go, JP. There are dudes that tear up. My man was like <laughs> sobbing, dude, dude. Like, like he stuck. I don't know. Like he stuck I, I don't. I don't know if you have ever been in a sporting event like that. But I have not. Okay, I guarantee you, if you meet certain people that you respect, or you get to a certain level in the, in the media world, you'll feel the same way. You get there, and that national anthem come on, and you start thinking about all the stuff, or how long it took you to get to the point you are, you can't even stop it. It's uncontrollable. So I don't, nah. And you can't just start crying on your own like that. This is not TV where they got the little stuff to make your eyes well up. If it's coming down like that, it's, it's, it's all true. You know what I mean? So I, I don't think he he did that on purpose. You know, not listen. The man lost the Super Bowl, and it's a it's a bad feeling. But in two years, what he's done, will we trade for it in this city? Yes. And I guarantee, like everybody in his family is a coach. And you know, when your dad's a coach, and now you get to this point. The emotions that probably overtake you at them, you know, it, it's 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 a little different. All right, I don't actually think he was crying on purpose. I <laughs> he does seem the kind of guy to turn it on a little bit for the cameras, um, but at the same time, I can only imagine the emotions of that moment. Mm-hmm. And I thought in post game he was very classy. And, and landfill, maybe we can track down some of that audio because there's some B enemy audio I'd like to hear too, but. Sirianni, after the game, said what I think needed to be said about the call. And and let's be real. I know a lot of Philly reporters that were at that game covering it. The mm-hmm. reporters are looking for the red meat. The camera people, the photographers, are looking for the red meat. They want the bite of the coach saying, the refs cost us this damn game, damn it, and I'm going to sue the NFL. Like, that's what they want the reaction to be. And Sirianni didn't give it to him. He was classy. I thought, <laughs> record this because I'm not going to say it often, Landfill. I thought the entire Eagles organization ha- was classy and handled that defeat well. Yeah. And not the people, <clears throat> not the people that no, were no, lighting the, cars the, on the fire. The fans are going to do whatever they're going to do. But I think one thing about the Eagles organization They've been classy forever. You know, I was inside it for three years. I'm going to tell you, we get to 50% of what they are right now 
it's a hell of a jump. Well, you when was Lurry the owner when you yes. were there? I think the old owner was kind of a yee, but but he was I mean, that's thirty years ago now. No, no, he was still. Uh, it was still a good organization, very good organization. Lurry took it well. Hell, so to another level, one. exactly, <laughs> and we know that. So what I'm trying to say is, you know, the fans have always been like that. And even though, who I was talking to last night, one of my buddies, say he had gone to Philly and one of the Philly fans took a picture with him in his, in his uh, Washington gear. And he said, man, now you can go back to Philly, to D.C. and tell people we're not the same. He said, hold on, man. And he said, nah, but that's just a few people. And I think if, you, if people ever examine how it is, that organization is up there, the fan base, it's not everybody. You know, it's 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 some jump starters. I can just say it like that. You know how you get JP sometimes. I get a little jump, jump starters, you know? Yeah. Yeah. They got a lot of them. You know, and they're this? probably the ones that stand in the back when stuff pops off. For all the talk of the Eagles pass rush, and they had I believe they were the third most sacks in a regular season mm-hmm. ever. Seventy sacks. And, dude, I was listening to the station yesterday driving around, um, and there was an awesome pregame show. That dude, Nick Costos, that does some of the betting stuff on the Beck I'm Bell. Nick Costos, yeah. <laughs> yeah, that dude. Um, they had, I think it was Dave Wanstead on, and he had this stat that of the Eagles' 70 regular season sacks, 60 of them came from their base defense without a blitz. So if they're running a three- or a four-man front, they're able to get home. Mm-hmm. I, I think back to, I saw nine of them in person at FedEx Field against Carson Wentz. Yeah. At all of that talk, Hassan Reddick had been on fire, Brandon Graham, Fletcher Cox, all of that talk. Mm-hmm. Zero sacks yesterday. Yeah, zero sacks. And, and that's why I think if we have the story of this game, and you know I preach trenches. The Eagles' dominant defense lost to the good offensive line of the Kansas City Chiefs. And well, also and, and what you and I said is we thought these were the two best O lines. Yeah, they going were getting into a lot out. They, they were getting the ball out of his hands a lot. Pat was throwing the ball quick. And but still, they didn't really pressure him a lot. And I think when you come in with that that type of mind, that type of, you know, reputation, you gotta do more. You know, it people will talk about Jalen Hurts fumble, they'll talk about their defensive line failed them yesterday. And I think that is the bigger story. Dude, the, you're right. I mean, between not getting the Pat and the Eagles, dude, the Chiefs nine, were able to run the ball. 1985, Bears had 72 sacks. They had 70. Only one team in history had more than you. When you show up in this moment, you got to bring some of that with you. So I love this. Orlando Brown. They call him Zeus Brown, was left tackle yesterday for the Chiefs. Left tackle all season, has been great. Pending free agent is probably about to get paid. <laughs> he tweeted out late last night, zero sacks, put it on a bleeping T-shirt with a gif of Tony Soprano doing the, like, <laughs> whatever, the Italian version of the middle finger, whatever mm-hmm. that is called. I love that. Yeah. I mean – Cause, dude, if, if you're the once Chiefs you get it, when you and get all you it heard done, was and they, heard, this, they yeah. heard it from the moment when they got destroyed by the uh, Buccaneers. You know what I'm saying? They talked about how awful they were. They went out and they they fixed it. 
See, that's the difference, too. They had all those hurt players, this, that, and the other. Andy went out and addressed it. We've been talking about this offensive line being better for how long? We haven't addressed it. Multiple staffs and all that, we still haven't addressed it. We have to address that. Everything comes back to the commanders when we're talking about it. All roads lead back when to When we start Aspirin. competing and, 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 and complimenting other people, and if we got to deal with it, we can't keep ignoring what we haven't addressed. 16th overall pick might give you a good opportunity. I um, one, one thing I couldn't help think about, the Chiefs traded away Tyreek Hill. Yeah. And he just wanted more money than they were willing to give him, which, frankly, I, I kind of even understood at the time. They traded away Tyreek Hill, and their offense got better. They went from – now, they were already really good – they went from fourth in points, third in yards last year with Tyreek to first in points, first in yards. And I, I always felt, and I, I when they traded Tyreek, I said, this may make Pat a better quarterback now. Because when you have a guy with that ability, you find yourself throwing it to him all the time and looking for him most of the time. But when you get rid of that, you still got Travis Kelsey, who's the best tight end, who, who's shown he's the best tight end in the game right now. But what it does, it opens up other people too. And when you're spreading the ball around, it's hard for a defense to cover that. When Tyreek Hill's on the field, let's take Tyreek Hill out of it. But Pat kept looking for him anyway. You know what I mean? Yeah. So I think it made him become a better quarterback and look at more people. And then you also begin to see that the guy who – was the straw that was stirring that drink as far as route trees is Kelsey. Totally. Because I watched that the first pass he caught, it was four to five guys that were trying to eye him. The first guy slipped a little bit. He came around. The other guys wasn't there in time, and he still caught the football. When you're a tight end and you demand that much attention, hmm. How about for a, a big guy, not like Kelsey's big, strong. How about him being able to go down and get that really low throw and keep his feet and keep running? Not impressed. He's done that his whole career. I'm impressed. <laughs> Bruh, Whether listen, you've man. seen it before or not, it's a hell of a play. It's a hell of a play, but he's done that his whole career, which means that's why he's at the level he's at. You know what I'm saying? Like Gronk is bigger than Kelsey. And he was doing stuff like that. You get at this level and you become the best at something because you have abilities that people your size are even smaller than you don't have. He's a bad man. He is a bad... With the stanky leg. (laughs) Uh, Some interesting Super Bowl stats. want to talk commercials. I want to talk halftime. And I want to talk Eric B. Enemy. Do not... Go anywhere. All right, B. Got my first one. What you got? It's the only thing I've seen so far. My guy Joe Price just sent me a tweet. Jalen Hurts went 16-2. and two. These are the quarterbacks that beat him with a picture of Patrick Mahomes and Taylor Heineke. 
Okay, so are you trying to compare Taylor and uh I I'm do, I'm doing nothing but pass passing along information. Okay, well. Let me just say this. Taylor Heineke is on the move. Jalen Hurts about to get a contract. Pat Mahomes is great. <clears throat> I don't know what the, what that difference means. I was just on people got to stop trying to make it to something when you win a game if you're not in the playoffs. <laughs> I think um, I, I wanted to run through this and perhaps upset Landfill and Philadelphians all over. Uh, I think the Eagles' defense was a huge part of their success this year. Mm-hmm. And I think they're going to have to pay – Jalen Hurts, a lot of money. And, you know, we've seen how Howie Roseman handles the cap. He tries to get out in front of contracts because they're always more team-friendly today than they are tomorrow and a year from now and so on. Yeah. Eagles aren't in great cap situation. Mm-hmm. And they're going to have to pay... Hurts a whole bunch of money, and then eventually they'll have to pay Devontae Smith. I think he's only in his second year, so yeah. he's, he's under contract for two more years, and you got a fifth-year option there, so you're okay. But Hurts is going to command real, real, real money. Now, that won't come into effect. He's in his second year. Well, He's, he's in his third year. Third year. Well, but he's a second-rounder, so that's only a four-year deal. Mm-hmm. So – the extension money won't hit until 24, but it's going to be significant. Listen to how many. So before we consider the, the Eagles a lock to get back to the title game or whatever, one, keep in mind that the NFC East rarely has repeat winners. The last time it happened, you were playing for the Eagles, Brian, mm-hmm. 20 years ago. Listen to the free agents they have coming up. Fletcher Cox, Brandon Graham, Javon Hargrave, Jason Kelsey, James Bradbury, Chauncey Gardner-Johnson, who had just a vicious hit yesterday mm-hmm. that I thought looked completely legal. It was, shoulder, it was legal. It was shoulder to chest. It was legal. I think he knocked the wind out of Pacheco. Um, Andre Dillard is a tackle for them. I, they have every team in the NFL changes over the offseason. Yep. Miles Sanders is a free agent. I, I don't I don't have the same confidence that the Eagles will be as dominant next year as they were this year. Just because you're talking five defensive starters. Kelsey has hinted at retirement. He's 35. That's a captain and the anchor of that offensive line. A lot of and how he how he's really good at what he does. I think how he's good, but I, the problem see, that's a lot. The thing is this though, Jay, you're judging them based off of what we cover every day. I guarantee you, they have everything already with a mindset of how they're gonna work things out. They're not one that like, we got a plan, but they don't have a plan. I don't. I'm not gonna say they're gonna be dominant like they was. They had a, a historical year as a defense, but most of their stuff on offense is still coming back. 
And I think that offense did as much for the defense as we would think. When you can win the time of possession, keep your defense off the field and well-rested, they play a lot better. You notice our defense plays better when the offense here sure. plays much better. And as long as they're going to be able to do that type of thing, they still have a chance. We we here still going to have to make some major changes to compete on a regular basis. Totally. I I, I mean, I, I think this team is 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 a ways away, frankly. Um, because I, I think <laughs> if you look at, I mean, if you want to make it about the commanders, I think a lot hinges on what happens with Deron Payne. But we talk about the offensive line a lot and the problems that cause for the commanders. I'm not trying to be a jerk here. I'm not even sure that this will be a problem should they lose these guys. But Schweitzer, Trey Turner, Tyler Larson, all free agents. Nick Martin, who was really struggled when he was on the field. He started games for this team at center last year. He's a free agent. Mm-hmm. You have Chase Ruye, but you got to wonder what they're going to do with that contract there. Um, defensively, Payne is at the absolute top of the list, but Effie Obata is a free agent. John Bostick is a free agent. David Mayo, I mean, that's your linebacker depth there. Yeah, but Kalik Hudson's a free agent. I don't agent. think no one is losing sleep over those two guys possibly leaving. What about Jeremy Reeves? What about Cole Holt? I worry about. I'm just Reeves. saying, like, you're at some point you need some depth, and, and a lot of these dudes might be gone. I'm 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 not. Oh, Taylor Heineke. I, we do need depth, but I think we need to tr- make sure the front line guys are possible. And I think right now, the linebacking core is nothing to really be happy about, especially those two depth guys. I'm sure you can go find somebody with more talent than Bostic and uh, Mayo. I dude, the kid Leo Chanel that was making plays all over the field for the Chiefs last night. Hmm. I, it is pretty remarkable. I'd, I'd have to think about it. I don't believe this past draft yielded them a single linebacker, right? 2022 Commanders draft class. I mean, it went Dotson, uh, big guy from Bama that got hurt. Fedarian. Fedarian, yeah, thank you. Um, Third rounder was Brian Robinson. Cole Turner, Chris Paul. I'm just trying to think about all these guys. I don't think there was a single linebacker taken. Because we were satisfied with what we had. See, we... we Percy we, Butler. We, we say we had Sam depth. Howell. We had depth, but were... I thought they had one little linebacker. Nah. Last year. <laughs> oh, Sip Holmes was your seventh rounder. Free agent. But the depth that we had, did you have a lot of confidence in it? No. Said it repeatedly. So my thing is, we we don't just need them for depth because in this game of football, more than likely your starter will get hurt or have to take a break and they got to come in and play. And that's what you're going to go to? Or think, do you think you need to improve that some? I think Jamin ended up playing better. I think Cole got more credit than he deserved. I don't think he was as good as people thought. Um, but I think the people that followed them, they weren't good at all. I thought Khalid Hudson played all right late, late, late in the year when he finally got out there. Mm-hmm. And Hudson is going to be a guy who could come in and sparingly and help you. Right. He's, but he's more of a special teams guy. He's too small to be a, 
every down linebacker. He just is. I mean, if he built that body right, Sam Mills wasn't that big. True. Um, but like, like we we talked to Navarro Bowman. Most of the guys in the league now weigh two twenty five or less at linebacker because they want to run all over the field. The game has changed so much to where the defensive players are more sleek than real, real big. Because he said he played at 255 to 260. Bowman. Now these dudes are 225. Why? Offensive linemen can't get to them. Now if they get to you, you better be able to get low enough and be strong enough to take it. But for the most part, this is, the whole league now is about speed. So Hudson could probably come in and help you out a lot. It's it's really hard to look at the level of play yesterday. And frankly, B, I thought as the NFL season went on, six teams emerged as a, a different weight class. Mm-hmm. And I think we saw them all in the in the conference title games. Niners, Eagles, Bengals, Chiefs. I'd include the Bills. Bills, yeah. Um, maybe you want to include the Cowboys or the Vikings. Maybe. Vikings defense was not that great. Yeah, I, I think the Dolphins, if they can get real health out of Tua, I think they could be a, a real contender. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I, think, I think the Rams and the Seahawks could get back there. I'm not sure I see the commanders in that weight class. And and it feels like it's just a holding pattern. But but the thing about it, though, it's been – we watch every year somebody go from being unknown to stepping up. And, and I think as much as we sit up here and we talk about the players, the people choosing the players have to do a better job. A lot of people we have faith in – if they're going to be allowed to have faith in those guys, those guys better step on the field and be effective. Or they need to be they need to be tested and challenged like the players are. I just wrote a story for NBC Sports Washington this morning about how Ron could flip this offseason so far upside down if he's able to hire Eric Bieniemy, and why Ron isn't too worried if he doesn't. We're going to have a full B-Enemy discussion at noon. Don't go anywhere. It's B-Mitch and Finley. 9.57 p.m. What time does the Super Bowl end, Landfills? It had to be 10.30 or so, right? It was, uh, I want to say it was like late third quarter when my boy texted me. The refs are about to insert themselves into this game. Just watch. Sure enough, right or wrong, and I think the call was right. I never would have made it in that situation, but I think the call was right. Refs sure as hell inserted themselves. I think that one there was the that that call was out in the open. And I don't know, like you said, right or wrong, hell. Bradbury admitted that he held. There were a lot of other things that went on too. And I think if we don't if a lot of time when fans watching the game, if it's not nothing out way out in the open and it doesn't affect your bets, <laughs> you don't see it. I saw a lot of stuff. And, you know, it just it happens at a certain time. I just like to see them call it the same way the whole way, whole game. Start off with it, finish. And the thing that, that, that you hear it all the time, the coaches are trying to see what, what staff is coming. 
<laughs> because they know certain staffs call certain things and other staffs call it a different way. But if this is supposed to be the number one staff that's working the Super Bowl, shouldn't have a lot of mistakes in the game. Whole lot going on, man. Mm-hmm. I Here's a question for you, B. Mm-hmm. And, and you know what, Landfill, answer this for me too, please. The Chiefs really took over in the second half. And the Eagles, I mean, the Chiefs scored on every possession in the second half. Mm-hmm. I, I'm not making that up. Every time they touched the ball in the second half, they scored. They scored 24 points in the second half to go on and win the game. Is that attributable to the Chiefs' excellence? Whether it's Andy, Bienemy, Mahomes, their offensive line, Pacheco, Juju, whoever you want to credit. Is that because of the Chiefs' excellence? Or is it Jonathan Gannon? Is it the Chiefs? Is it the Eagles' defensive line? It, like, it's you, a combination. Give me 100 chips on. I just, I just think it's a combination of things because you had a D-line that was dominant all year. Now they're not. You had a secondary that played exceptional. They weren't. You saw they made adjustments, but you seem to be doing the same things. What did I talk about all year? About how we don't make adjustments. You know what I mean? Offensively, we didn't do a lot of adjusting. Defensively, we did. But there were times when we the defense was late to uh, adjust. But the Chiefs are great. And I, I would tell you about Coach Gibbs, but Andy was good at having adjustments. And then when they make those adjustments, they know what, you, what you're supposed to try and do to stop them. If you do it, they keep going at you. If you don't, if you, if you, if you make the adjustments, they'll try to still tweak. But if you don't make the adjustments, they're going to light you up. And in that second half, I think this, late in the – as I was – I think, what was it, Friday or Saturday at the airport – the conversation was, we're talking about how good the Eagles are, but does the experience of Andy and his crew outweigh the coaching staff of the Philadelphia Eagles going forward? I think that happened in that game. I um, I want to give him credit, but I don't remember exactly who said it. I, I think it was Booger McFarland on ESPN, but I was kind of flipping back and forth between ESPN's postgame and the – Fox FS1 thing. One thing that drives me crazy, it is the Super Bowl. It is the Super Bowl. Mm-hmm. Please don't have a Gordon Ramsay top chef show start seven minutes after the game. Nah. Please just leave post game on. Don't make me go hunting <laughs> the cable channels for post game. Mm-hmm. But I understand money is what matters. So when I finally found the real post game, I got to watch it. And I think I think it was Booger McFarlane, but it might have been Mike Vick, too, because he was on the Fox show. Somebody said, the Chiefs are so used to swimming in the deep end that they don't get scared how deep it is. And if you look at their playoff wins, I don't know if they ever got down to the Jags, but that Jags game was way closer than most expected. Mm-hmm. They were losing to the Bengals at various times. I, I think their... Belief in their ability to come back, the experience on their staff, and and the vast majority of that team has already 
won and lost the Super Bowl. Yeah. That experience matters. Yeah, experience when like I can recall being on teams where we would be winning and then we lost. And if the game like as a game you come to the next game and if the game is you're close, you start worrying about losing. Now you try to be perfect and that's not mean you make mistakes. But I also been on teams where no matter what the score was, we felt like <laughs> we can win this thing. And we won most of them. And you get into a game to where you stay normal. You know what I'm saying? I think last night as we were watching the game, you saw the play where Pat was starting to get hit, start to go down, and he threw the pass. It was incomplete, but it was it was uh, very close to being uh, a reception. Mm-hmm. And he said, the, my buddy said, man, that dude never blinks. When you no. know you have somebody like that, you know, you, you can have a lot. And I think when you start looking at the, what I loved about Jalen Hurts last night too, and I think he has a little bit of the pat in him, totally different uh, type of players. When he fumbled the ball, he went straight to the sideline telling every one of his people, it's me. But he never looked like he was upset or out of control. You get what I'm saying? And then he came right back in the game and they started working and doing their thing. When you have a quarterback that's that calm, that helps the hell out of a uh, a huddle, a sideline, a team. But what if you get the quarterbacks who every time something go wrong, they pointing out somebody else or they go run by themselves? That's hard to deal with. Both of those guys didn't do that last night. Landfill, are you crediting the Chiefs or are you mad at your Eagles defense? Your Eagles defense. Uh, I think you definitely have to credit the Chiefs. I mean, they they have Patrick Mahomes. He's the best quarterback in the game. Like, I think the fact that they kind of managed to stop him once or twice in the first half is kind of impressive. Um, I mean, he's he's the best quarterback in the game. The guy just scores points. That's what he does. Last year when I took the Rams to beat the Bengals, I acknowledged that Burrow was the better, best quarterback on the field, but I just thought the Rams – O-line and D-line were so damn good that they would be able to control the game. And I kind of just picked who I thought the best player on the field was in Aaron Donald, right? Mm -hmm. This game, if you're talking trenches, the Eagles had the advantage. But I just could not take Mahomes. And that marked my sixth straight correct Super Bowl pick. Six in a row. Mm -hmm. Pretty good. Um, Adam Schefter. Reporting right now, Eagles defensive coordinator Jonathan Gannon is expected to interview today for the Cardinals' head coaching job. Good for him. Uh, Great year in Philly. I don't know how anybody watched that game yesterday and the first call isn't to Kansas City for Biennemi instead of Philly for Gannon. We're going to talk Eric Biennemi when we return on B. Mitchell Finley. 